the washer's dying down a little bit. Welcome everyone to, to Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and right now we are here backstage at the Palladium in Worcester by a washing machine, by people playing outside. Which is quieting down right now as you speak. Which is actually very lucky, though I think it's on 25 right now, which, I, which means I think the spin cycle goes crazy in a second. Is that a... Is that true? I think I, I'm just taking a guess, but I would say this is very rock and roll right now because I'm here with Ricky of Hawk and Ice Nine Kills, and he is currently signing the VIP posters right now. So we're just doing double duty right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my laundry is also drying. We're doing triple duty. Oh, there you go. Yes. Very nice. Oh, this is your actual stuff here. <laughs> uh, so I think in... Oh, no, it's dry already. Double duty. Okay. We've been demoted. And All right, what's I happening? I only do interviews where we're doing triple duty. All right. We're going to have to cut this. Um, I can... Uh, <laughs> well, Ricky, man, thank you so much for being able to do this in person this time. So, of course. Obviously, here's a big thing. This is the hometown show of this tour. So what does this mean to you? Because you're not an outsider anymore by any means. But what does it mean to you? Like, have the guys told you this is going to be ridiculously insane? Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, the Palladium is, just, it's just, uh, it's one of the most important venues to all of us. I think yep. every single one of us have been here for, you know, New England metal and hardcore. And um, and we've all played the Palladium both upstairs and downstairs. And it, it, it's just on the East Coast. This is one of the most important venues in the world. And True. Uh, we sold out the big room. That's amazing. Uh yeah, so so that that hasn't been lost on anybody. Yeah. Uh, there's been a certain amount of, uh, you know, it, it, Ice Nine isn't very much like a group of people that are particularly like, oh boy, here here it comes, you know. But there have been a, there there you know have been some encouraging texts in the group chat of people yeah. just being like, hey guys, this is it. You know, this is a sold out show in the Palladium, and you know, it's it's. I think it's meaningful to everybody for similar reasons, mm-hmm. um, but unique, I'm right. sure. I mean, Joe's from this area. I'm right. sure it's very meaningful for him. Spencer's from this area. He lives in L.A. now, but, um, right. Right. but you know, Boston, he's still very much a Boston guy. He's a Boston so. guy pretending to be an L.A. guy. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the first time I ever played the Palladium uh, was with This or the Apocalypse at one, yes. of, the, one of the hardcore metal fests, and uh, we met chris adler at that show we, we played to maybe like 14 people and uh two of them were members of lamb of god uh <laughs> you know we we played the the bar yeah down the road that was like called the third stage and now it's gone like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. um and you know and that was kind of the moment where our career sort of became something different because all of a sudden a drummer shows up wasted oh. in our van and um chris adler had just gotten him nuclear drunk and he was like chris adler wants to make a cd with us and we're like okay at uh, sure grant go to bed and uh th- and then that's what the fuck happened yes hey and go. then that you know that got us on uh, a certain different uh you know like press circuit i guess yeah. that and and all of a sudden you know we went from being one type of band to being in another type of band just at, at like level you know yeah different levels yep so the palladium is important to me pat i'm sure he's got his own palladium story oh for sure dan i'm sure but <laughs> you know so to answer your question in the longest possible way yeah <laughs> that's big yes exactly 
It's very similar. I mean, if you just think about the last year or so from going from the album release party to or the release show at the Which top. We of the were not even on tour with anybody. No. Our no, Ice Nine Kills yeah. Silver Scream was released on a series of headlining VIP shows. Right. That's not considered optimal. I would assume not. I would assume uh, not. Well, was there I, a reason for that being done that way? Yeah, I think just every tour that they were booking fell through and I don't think I don't think anybody actually thought that the record was going to do what it did. Wow. And we had to uh we've I I you know, I'm just going to straight up say I think a lot of people have approached Spencer and management with a foot and mouth type uh attitude. Oh, wow. Being like, "Hey, so I know that uh <laughs> I know that we turned down every tour offer up until now, but can we open for you now?" Oh, and wow. Okay. So yeah, that's um it's it's been cool it's been really cool because yeah. there, you know there's a certain level of in, it's hard to not live vicariously through it i think you know anybody who would give a shit enough to click on a podcast with my name on it probably knows enough about my history with this or the apocalypse where For sure. it was you know clearly not a it was not a um easy journey and along the way you know mm-hmm. a lot of doors didn't open up a lot of doors remained shut right um you know sometimes you'd inch them open a little bit and lost a lot of tour offers to similar bands and stuff like that and it's all part of the territory i I hold no resentment but to see a band that's been active for 18 years i know right all of the sudden go from you know i'm sure there was a lot of like rumblings in the business of people like man that band's have been around too long they gotta hang it up Uh, to all of the sudden selling out the fucking palladium palladium. you know what i mean right after thanksgiving too yeah 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 so i i uh I very much, um, you know, I'm a part of this band for sure, yeah. but I still treat it like I'm not, and uh, I'm rooting, I'm rooting right. for Spencer. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I, I'm rooting for his story, and along the way, we have a guy from As Blood Runs Black, we've got a guy from uh, Affiance, we've oh, got yeah, a guy sure. from the Venetia Fair, and we've got a guy from This or the Apocalypse. All of those bands <laughs> have similar stories. Yes, they do. You know That's what I true. mean? So very true. It's uh, definitely a group of appreciative people who... Um, you know, we're not starry-eyed. We're not. There is no story of anybody. Nobody's going to rehab. Right. Not. Not. Not, not yet. Uh, yeah. Not yet. No. Nobody is like losing control. It's like everybody in this camp is so focused on making sure that they're just constantly doing a good job and not fucking up. Right. A good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, where as to, I think a lot of younger musicians, the moment they start even getting a glimpse of something like this they're already brainstorming how they're gonna fuck it up yes you know right yep i'm gonna get a really toxic girlfriend and i'm just gonna start (laughs) being a big problem to this whole entire thing and i know you've said that in the past before i'm gonna demand to make a song in spanish (laughs) or whatever the fuck people i don't know what artists do anymore i don't know i don't see myself as an artist you said that i think you said that last time too i probably did i say it a lot that is true I think but every time I, every time I'm in the bathroom, yeah, you're just talking. You're just, yeah, just always constantly talking. Yeah. Well, look, I will mic you up, and you can do the Ricky Armolino podcast, the Ricky Armolino monologue that yeah, I give myself just... in the bathroom. Those love handles are beneath <laughs> both of us. It's just always echoey, always was, talking about love handles. Yeah, yeah. That was sense. the quinoa burger worth it? <laughs> so how long way, you been interviewing for? 
Uh, so I think it's been coming up on seven years now. You like doing it? Yeah. That's I, I mean, this is the part that I enjoy. Yeah. Being able to talk to people where I love their music and I respect their music. It's the editing. It's the marketing. It's social media. That's the kind of stuff uh, that I don't like. Yeah. Oh, there's another aspect to it that has to get done behind the scenes and exactly. it's thankless, huh? Yeah. That's yeah, the I don't know part. anything about that. No, you wouldn't know anything like 300 about like posters yes. right now. <laughs> but I it, need a tech. Look, I will say, Dude, I like the idea that you could just get texts for anything in this world. Yeah. Now that I'm moving into the bigger rock world, there you go. you're just like, there are texts for stuff. Yeah. I haven't Learn seen your... one of these yet, but yeah. I've been informed of something. Have you ever heard the term vibe tech before? I'm going to like, I, okay, I'm, go I'm, ahead. I'm no, tell me. Some, tell I know me I'm going to upset somebody, <laughs> but I was informed this because somebody was like, a vibe tech. You don't know what? A... Yeah. A vibe tech's just something basically. Nice. It's basically somebody brought on tour. Um, and it's their job to just make sure that the vibe is cool. See, and I thought that was it, but I was like, no, that can't be just it. There has to be something else, but that's literally all they do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, I will say, I didn't think I would have a story for this, but I do know that, like, the Hard Rock Cafe, for instance, in New York City, okay. they literally have a person who's a vibe manager. And their whole job is to that's see why, the audience. That's why the Hard Rock in, in Las Vegas is getting sold and going down in February. You know that? They didn't have a vibe manager. Yeah. Exactly. Or, may, or maybe they did. Oh, and it was just the worst vibe manager of all time. Didn't that happen couldn't to some, do it. some big company got like some really eccentric CEO or was it Yahoo? Or a- <laughs> Yahoo. Holy Yahoo shit. Yahoo or AOL. I think it was AOL. They just got like a really eccentric. Like anytime I think of somebody like that, I think of somebody like really eccentric where they sure. walk in a room and start talking about energy and shit. Yes. And they're like, it's this so is weird because depending on my mood, I can either entertain that shit yeah. or I can be like, shut up. Yes. Right. Well, when you want that story, you're okay to be a part of it because you're like, oh, I'm oh, going to be able to tell this. I want the story. <laughs> I You have no idea how far I will go for that story. I have a feeling that would be like, I would imagine if you do pranks on people, it's the most selling of a prank possible like you just give your entire self to the bit can i tell you about one of the best pranks do it i've ever been a part of me and my best friend evan dyer i don't know can you yeah, tell it's fine okay i'm like consider it yeah why not <laughs> um on our way down to alabama we went he so i i graduated from the university of alabama i didn't sign up for it uh I got a letter of acceptance in the mail from the University of Alabama, uh, which I knew I it had something to do with him because he called me and asked me if I wanted to get into college football with him. Oh, okay. All right. And I was like, he was like, well, I'm going to be a lawyer and I need something to talk about with my clients or whatever. Because sure. all he wants to talk about is like punk bands and recording gear and stuff like that. Me and him get along great. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, so he's like, I'm going to get into college football. You want to do it with me? We're going to have a team. I'm like yeah sure i don't care he's like we're gonna both like the university of alabama they're apparently really good I'm like okay so he's like i ordered a snapback to your house <laughs> okay so he hits me up later that evening ricky we have a problem I'm like what is our pro- what's the problem hey don and uh so he explains to me that the problem is that his roommates are making fun of him because because he bandwagon jumped uh he's going to school in virginia at the time and he decides uh fuck you i'll just go there like, how are you going to go to Alabama while you're at law school in Virginia? Because he's a crazy person. Apparently. Uh, I've had good company growing up, so he also juggles a lot of plates like me. Sure. So he decides that since he doesn't have class Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
he can use Thursday and Sunday for driving days, and he signs up for classes Friday, Saturday at the <laughs> University of Alabama, simply to as say, a fuck you to his roommates, wow. being like, I go there. And then I get a letter of acceptance in the mail from the University <laughs> of Alabama, after I'm like trying to talk him out of this, because yes. like, this is a really bad idea. Yeah, seems like, strange. Evan? Why is there a letter of acceptance in the mail from the University of Alabama? And he <laughs> responds with, be kind of weird if I went alone. Fantastic so, answer. Wow. I have time off a tour from this or the apocalypse. I go for a, I go for a uh, semester with him. And, um, and we're driving down there and I guess he had like, I don't know, he's dated somebody at the time and they mm -hmm. broke up, whatever. I don't know the whole story, but she kind of did him wrong or something like that. And he was pissed about it. And he was so pissed about it that it was getting in the way of me studying for this. Like, I had a class. It was pretty demanding. I, I don't know how else to say this. It was about kung fu movies. <laughs> I, there's no there's no other way to say it. It's its own story. Yeah. I thought I was in the wrong class because I thought I signed up for like a, like a high level... Uh, uh, history course or sure. something like that and I found out it was solely about kung fu movies and I Amazing. on the first day is like I think I'm in the wrong room and then I was shown no you're registered <laughs> here and I'm like <laughs> and then he turns on enter the dragon and thus began like one of my favorite things now is I love kung fu movies there I, you go I could go on about them I, I because of class but anyway so um, but there was a lot of reading. It was yeah. a three-hour course. We we'd watch a kung fu movie every every day. We would be given like um, a bunch of readings, and basically, it was a really cool concept. The class was basically the teacher was awesome. Yeah, this like little uh, little guy that wore like baggy khakis and dunks every day, <laughs> and um, and he basically had a course that he created, which was about how um, uh, it, it, you know a. a Bruce Lee, who is in America trying to make it as an as an actor, finally said, "Fuck this," kind of like Evan in Virginia, and sure. went because he he couldn't land any main roles because he was told repeatedly by executives nobody wants to see a Chinese person as a leading role. So he uh. said, "Fuck you." He goes to China. He creates Run Run Shaw film production. He makes some of the the most cherished movies in America for sure, but. Yeah. It created a, a cool side effect where it kind of changed how Chinese people perceive their own culture because in the process of creating this over-exaggerated version of Shaolin and yeah, yeah. You know, China and everything, it kind of changed things. So right. the class was about that. It was cool, whatever. Wow. So right. that was the class I was taking. I couldn't get work done because Evan wouldn't shut the fuck <laughs> up about how bummed he was being in his ex-girlfriend's house. Okay. And, uh, and he used to be a uh, painter, so one day I, you know, was a little high and i was like you know what because this girl had like these paintings all over the mm -hmm. house one of them was like it was like a white canvas with like some red splash on sure. it sure it's art and it was just it said rape um, <laughs> which listen i understand i understand art and took like, a right concept, turn but like you know but like that's one of your main pieces you know what i mean because it like didn't even look like I was like, this wasn't even centered properly or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I suggested to him, I was like, you know what we should do? You know what make you feel better? It's like, I'm completely kidding. But I was just like, we take down one of these stupid paintings and we replace it with a nude portrait you make of yourself. But very pr presidential. Sure, of course. Um, and you know, as we're riffing, we're like yeah. going back and forth. I was like, you know, 
<laughs> like, you know, dick to the floor, but not like not thick or anything. You're not trying to like, yeah, not like threatening in any way yeah. or anything. You're just kind of we, kind of creepy and weird and alien, yeah. like kind of patriotic. Me, I got you. I get yeah. a text the next morning while I'm in class. And he's like, I just spent eighty dollars at the art store. I'm like, oh god, here we go. So he, so he does it. We put it on the wall. He never is upset being in that house again. Um, and she doesn't come home. I guess her other friends rent the house out after us. And then her parents move her house out because she wants to stay in like Hawaii or something. I don't, I don't know what wow, the whole okay. story is. So you have no I don't idea know what, what the whole story yeah. is. All I know is we sublet his ex-girlfriend's house and her other friends stayed there. They knew who Evan was. Yep. No one said anything. Her parents move her house out for her. They know who Evan was. They didn't say anything. It is months later. This girl finds this nude painting of my friend and starts texting him us like just just text vomiting like what the fuck you mother like nobody told like and what that girl had to wrap her head around is for half a year all of her friends and family saw that and go "Hmm, i guess she made that right To this day is the best prank that I've ever been a part of. That is pretty damn amazing. Yeah. And one, I will say, I don't think she quote unquote made it. I was like, mean, oh, like, that's you know, my start. If, I never if it, it would have been surrounded by other, like, you know, other pieces of artwork right. that, 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 that were, oh my God, man, if this somehow, like, gets back to me and somebody's like, you motherfucker, that was, <laughs> and like sends me your dissertation or something like that. Oh, Listen, so. if this gets back to you, I don't know who you are. I don't think I've ever met you. Maybe your paintings are great. I yeah, don't it's know. just a story. There but you go. It's a fun story. You even you would have to agree with me. Yeah, about admire. That. admire I'm, not, this. I'm not here yeah. to hurt, <laughs> but <laughs> I do love a good prank. Yes, I, I would imagine so. a good psychological prank that changes years of somebody's. <laughs> yes, life. that someone it just messes with their psyche for a long for the rest of their of life. Time. They're yeah, just exactly. like nobody. Nobody mentioned anything. They just really thought I made that. That's amazing. That really, that really is. By the way, when you mentioned Kung Fu, I have to say, did you love that scene or did you connect with it in Office Space? Because anytime someone oh, yeah. says Kung Fu, I think of Kung that Fu scene. Movies. Yeah. I love, love Kung Fu movies. I'm ready whenever you are. <laughs> we got VIP. We're still, we're still eyes. signing things. Yes. We're all, you're almost there, though. You're doing a good job. I am getting there. You've actually, by telling crazy stories, you have also made it through these very, very well. Yeah, I, I actually, if you wouldn't have been here, I would have told the same story. Just to whoever was yeah. in the room at the time. That's what I think. <laughs> or no one else. Or no one. Just, or just myself. Yeah. Once again, you know? <laughs> the Ricky Armolino monologue. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, Ricky Armolino monologues are something that everybody on Warp Tour is familiar with. Ricky M.O. You know, you I've learned that people from California don't, very frequently don't get me or my humor. So like uh, when I was, you know, when I'm like getting all like close to somebody and just be like, there are a thousand of us on Warp Tour. It would take a couple hours a day of training, maybe some drills, a couple assault rifles. I, we could do some fucking damage, you know, somebody, and just like start going on and on yeah. about it, being like, here's just what we, militia I was like, lies. here's How what do we need that? to yeah. do. We can start making demands. We can have our own fucking state. You know, people looking at me being like, is this, uh, I, I, I don't get it, man. Are you, I, are you kidding? Are you, are you serious? <laughs> like, do I need to report this to Kevin? Yeah. Like, what, what's the deal? Eyes, <laughs> eyes wide and being like, no, you just don't get my humor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So maybe this is why this now, the apocalypse is like. Damage here. <laughs> Look at this. Wait, we are coming down to seven minutes on the washing machine, and you've got what eight, ten, twelve of these? I think. Yeah, something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah, so, but... what are you guys doing on VIP, anyways? 
Wow, I think my voice cracked during Horror that. movie Jeopardy. Oh, it's Jeopardy now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Did it get too too easy with just the trivia itself? I don't think we want to mix it up, you know? Okay. All right. You're going to get some repeat customers. Well, I saw... Uh, what was it? The other night you guys met the original Jason, right? Yeah. Yeah, the original Jason Voorhees. Sorry, Layman. What a guy. Yeah, was he? Yeah, he's great. Never met a, it. I mean, I'm assuming he does... What a soul. It's, I love him. He has a soul? It's amazing. Oh, wow. God. What a soul. <laughs> What do you guys end up doing? Hanging out backstage, like after the show, before the show? He came up after the show, um, and it was one of those nights where we sold out a house of blues, and they gave yeah. us some two bottles of champagne that were expensive nice. enough that I had a drink because it was like, well, it's you know, oh, appreciate the gesture, yeah, yeah, you know. celebration. Type I try not yeah, to yeah. drink. Well, right, uh, right, right. And um, he gave us just that. Uh, a very so sur- like surreal, not in a bad way, in like a great way, just a surreal toast about art and and what we meant to him and wow. what you know, and it was just, it was just wild. It was it, it was wild to to be in a situation where it was like we were, you know, we were trying to share our appreciation for what he's done, right, and, right, and you know, and it's crazy. It's like it's weird for me to just get inducted into like this horror movie world, sure, where. Right. It's pretty similar to kung fu movies, so I like kind of get there's a yeah. there's an art you cherish the art exactly you live by its rules yes right you play with them they got to have a but rule you cherish yeah. the art exactly and and now you got like Jordan Peele who's completely like to me he just took the horror genre and he used it as a way to make two really really cool social commentary satire whatever whatever you would want to call it sure and. Uh, and so I'm, you know, there's plenty to be proud about, about being a part of the, the horror world right now. Right. Well, let me, let me ask you this, just on the Jordan Peele thing. So I think my issue with, even though they're both good movies, I would definitely consider them good movies. I didn't see them as prolific as a lot of people did. Because really? to me, well, they seem to be more longer Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, and since I love Twilight Zone, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But it seems like you love Twilight I, Zone as well. I do. I like Get Out more than I liked Us. Yes, I for thought sure. Us was good, but too easy to guess though. Too well, I didn't to- like. I kind of did guess some of it, but it was more of a thing of like, I felt like the whole entire movie was set up to very bludgeon you in the face with the idea like, wait for the twist. Yes, it's, it's gonna be good. for sure. He's almost at now, a M Night tw- Shyamalan level yeah, now. There's a twist coming. Yep. And, oh boy, he's got to make it through this yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Get Out yeah. was like. When that, when um, the 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 climax of a, because there was very little violence or anything yeah. through all of Get Out, right. and then the the climax of the movie was one of the most. Uh, that was some of the most um, cathartic shit I've ever yeah. felt in my life. Like I genuinely, um, y- y- you know, and and it just. Just the idea that it took somebody this long. I'm sure somebody else has. I don't know about it. It took somebody this long to make a mainstream movie that says yeah racism's scary yeah like okay, yeah this shit's you. scary sure. for people it's really right. scary see i, I thought, thought great. i thought that movie would have been american history x oh because really? that was scary like that i was... mean it's not a horror movie but knowing the depths and the levels that that ingrained in people i, th- it, I love american history x spencer and me will like quote Minutes oh yeah. of that movie yeah, yeah. It was well, because there's, there's yeah. it's the same as taking quotes from like requiem for a dream or or fargo where they're not supposed to be funny but there's some really funny lines you can use you jess know. do you want to be on a podcast jess does she, not want to be on a podcast she thinks what we're doing right now is silly it is no i totally agree <laughs> it actually is 
No, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good on the skinny pop. <laughs> I uh, I think what I, what I think separates Get Out from American History X is mm. I think that it is important that the 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 focus point of Get Out is it's the whole story is told. All of the, the the whole vehicle, the story is told from the perspective of a black guy. Yes, right. Um, so there's, I think most movies that address race in some way, usually the culmination is the real. Like there's a big realization for 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 a, a, a person who is on the the side of like who's on the, the quote unquote winning team. Oh yeah, the world, oh, there you go. You know, sure. who are just like, oh shit. Oh well, man, maybe should I be should. Better. Oh no, shit, maybe I shouldn't have been a Nazi. <laughs> oh damn, I don't like being a Nazi anymore. <laughs> like, you know, that was kind of like a big part of American history. It was, no, it, honestly, you know, he befriends the guy. Although the guy looks out for him. But but you want to know something? Was the scene? And I actually misinterpreted the scene. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where. Uh, one of the main characters, one of the white main characters, she's sitting on a laptop and she's just browsing pictures on the internet of, um, of different, like, uh, like African American celebrities and shit. But I didn't realize the movie was trying to portray the idea where it's like, they're, uh, she's looking for the next one. I think that's what the movie was trying to say. Oh, for, uh, oh for, yeah, no, she was looking for the next person, yeah. I kind of took it more in a different way that I actually liked where, I kind of felt like she was somebody who was just looking at like, at like hip hop blogs and or and like sports blogs yeah, and yeah. stuff, and just kind of just being like her uh, diet and medium was like their culture, or you know, being like, well, I guess she like, had to. I want to, yeah, she had to. But yeah. I, I kind of thought of it more because I know people like this who like their main they 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 read like fashion blogs that sure. are only specifically more for like you know hip hop oriented stuff and everything. Okay. And it did actually remind me of a few people where it was like the, that movie actually did, I think, do a pretty good job of like showing like, you know, forms of uh, forms of racism that a lot of us aren't aware about. Sure. You know, what I mean? yeah, yeah. like a lot. So so I, I thought the fact that that's in the horror world right now, that's right. like one of the biggest horror movies is just like, fuck, yeah, horror movies actually did. Like right. we did a good thing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you can go back. We didn't to... just cut up girls. Yeah, exactly. We did a good thing. <laughs> and you can I mean, you can go back to and uh, I say we now because I hung well, out with yeah, Ari Lane. Exactly. Yeah. So you're part of this now. Yeah. yeah. And I saw Chucky once. <laughs> Wait, which one? Not the new one, right? No, the original. Okay, good. I saw. I just. Uh, if you want a really fun time, watch the third one. VIP time. Do you want to stop this here? Yeah, then? let's break for a okay. bit, and then we'll we'll, right. we'll 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 get back to it. Break. That works. All right, everyone. We are back now. <laughs> After doing VIP, we are now back, and Ricky is eating what right now? I don't know. Ciabatta bread, sausage, and peppers, I think. And mac and cheese. See, and people say that rock stars don't live the great life anymore, but, I mean, you're showing us something different right now. Yeah, I kind of feel like Iceland Kills is sort of like finding a nice little pocket of, like, probably the decline of the rock star. Like, we don't get to trash green rooms or anything. We clean right. up after ourselves. We clean any hair shavings out of the bathroom we have like vegans and stuff and everybody saves money and tries to be reasonable like i would be eating something like super healthy but i will eat the food that's given to me right now because black friday sales just decimated my bank account because ah, okay i just bought a ton of shit for my studio yeah, yeah so i haven't bought food for i haven't bought food 
I probably did like a couple times over the past few weeks. Wow. At most, but like we have like generally the venue has given us like sandwiches and pizza and stuff. It's like, right. man, I do not want to eat pizza. I would rather be healthy, but I'd also like to save a few hundred dollars for Oak Sound Spiff and yes. the soft tube FET compressor and, you know, right. <laughs> I just right. bought the room tuning software from Sonarworks, and my studio is like, it's just this money pit that I'm always throwing money at. Well, one of the things you mentioned before was you were kind of tired of being in the studio for so long, and then you joined Ice Nine Kills, and now you're on the road all the, all time. the time. And I want to be in the studio at home. That's what I thought. Is it's there funny any balance? How human beings. I'm just, I'm a human being, you sure. know, you're always going to want to be doing something different than what you're doing. But the thing about it is, is, um, there, there's, uh, I think if I had a healthier balance, like my problem is I book myself out too far. For sure. Um, so the goal right now is to consolidate the number of projects I'm work- working on. So I can spend a month and a half home, only have one project to work on. But as of right now, it's like, Shit, I'm going to work with these guys for a week, and then that gives me five days to work with these guys. I could probably get the vocals done. Uh, as long as that's done, Adam can start the drums by this point because I'm going to be out of town for three days. He right. should be able to get the drums done, and then by the time I'm back from that, uh, if I take like 12-hour days, I could probably do that. That's what my time at home is like right now. Wow, okay. It's kind of difficult. So um, that'll get better over time, but you know, I built three rooms in my basement while doing projects and all my time off and tour. Damn. Uh, so yeah, I have a vocal room now. I have a drum room built out the walls, the ceiling clouds, uh, did all the wiring, you know, I'm actually doing like electric stuff at the house. You know, I was there when we framed the walls. Um, I definitely have people helping who are for sure professionals, but, um, yeah, I'm learning a little bit. I'm in my thirties and I'm finally learning how to get <laughs> handy. It's nice. Right. There you go. Very nice. Yeah. Well, but it makes still- me happy. Does actually finishing a project is that what makes you happy? God, we're 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 opening up a we're going. Can of this work. is if anything, I'm. They call me the Oprah podcast. So, dude, I have been watching old episodes of Oprah on the <laughs> on the vibes. Can I tell you about the vibe screen? Yes, please. We we did mention I got that a, before. Yeah, I got. I just have a screen that I have in my studio, and yeah. I just play old shit on it, like old TV episodes or like Sonic the Hedgehog cartoons or playthroughs of Super Mario RPG or Gradius 3 on the Super Nintendo or like Ultima Online. You're going way nostalgic. MechWarrior 2. You know, anything I can find long plays of on YouTube, mute it, pop it on the screen. I love it. It's a little window to reality. But yeah, um, it's, it's, it's tough. I'm, I'm starting now. uh, My journey with production is, 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 uh, it was a difficult one because I did it kind of like because you know this or the apocalypse we uh, we got signed when I was like twenty maybe yeah and nineteen twenty I'm in college I'm planning on being like a journalist or something I don't really have a very actualized view of myself at that point I'm like well maybe I'll just write and yeah, figure it out <laughs> um, but so what ends up happening is we get signed we start touring and stuff this goes on till I'm like. You know, through my 20s and at a certain point, there's that kind of panic that sets in as a sentient human being where you look at yourself and you go, oh, my God, I scream into a microphone and occasionally sing very out of key. This is not going to this is not sustainable. Like I'm going to be in my 30s and I'm going to be like the guy who is just like hoping one of his friends, you know, there was a certain point where it's funny. It was like a photographer that I was friends with. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like watching him do really cool stuff with his life. Like he got, he was like a big fan of my band. And then he starts like taking me out to eat and stuff whenever we're in town and he's working for these big magazines. And I'm starting to notice all these like people who are big fans of this or the apocalypse. They're like superseding my career in some way. Like they're all oh. like, dude, trust me, I, I I got benefits now. I can pay for you. And at a certain point, you know, you have that. Um, There's any instinct of any like person, you know, I think where you hang on. Hey, mom, I'm on a podcast right now. Can I call you back afterwards? <laughs> My parents were supposed to come out tonight, but the weather's bad. What are you saying? Yeah. Don't don't ask questions. I'm on a podcast. Just you want me to FaceTime you? Bye. Love you. Bye. Oh. oh folks. All right. No, but <laughs> so, you know, you like freak out. You're like, I need to figure something out. Yeah. And at the time, I like I just had this weird hobby where I was obsessing over learning how to make rap beats on my laptop. And all of a sudden, I get like drum. I, uh, I get a superior drummer. Mm-hmm. I'm learning how to make drum beats because... The writing's pretty clear on the wall that a drummer is leaving and he's like the main writer. Sure. So I get a, a drum program and then I get a program to make fake guitar, fake bass. Oh, right. A uh, program is called Electricity with a six instead of a C. And then the bass program is called Trillion with one L. Um, and then I start writing these songs mm-hmm. with no musical. I, I could kind of play guitar. Right. I could kind of sing. If you would have been like sing a major scale for me, I had no hope. Uh and there was like this moment where I started like finally like putting stuff together and like it starts sounding kind of like Tota songs like right. a little bit. And then we, our drummer does quit because I knew that it was going to happen. And then all of a sudden we're going in to record Dead Years and we're using wow. these songs I programmed on MIDI and my guitar players are fighting to learn them. They're like, dude, none of this shit's playable. <laughs> so they're like figuring out with the producers and we have this kid, Kevin Langford comes in. He's like helping write and stuff. And, um, and all of a sudden, like, I'm in the studio setting and I become really close with uh, this guy, Andreas, Andreas Magnus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think he, in, in like some ways, was like showing me stuff, but in other ways was kind of like, this business is getting worse. Stay away from it. I see. And then I think he could tell that I was just at a certain point, I start like writing songs for bands because it's like an income. I'd like yeah. this band from under the willow from Lancaster. I just wrote all their songs for them and uh, they changed them around with atrium. But I mean, like I got paid to do it. It paid for a new laptop. It paid for my studio monitors, uh, my Apogee duet. Then I work with this band gladiators. It's just one guitar player. He wants to have a band yeah. all of a sudden uh, from under the willow gets signed to a record label. Then gladiators. I write an e- I write a full length with Josh. Wow. Um, he puts a band together. Um, basically the band's me and Josh making songs. He has a band. I find, uh, I have this guy, I'm giving vocal lessons. I'm like, yo, I singer Mike, he's pretty good. We should have him on the record. <laughs> Mike wants to join the band. I put a band together. They, they get signed. Um, at no point, And then they're like, could you mix this? I'm like, I don't know how to fucking mix. Are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I do it. It took me six months. Wow. Of like actually working on that CD in between tours and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Six months. Um, then I work on this band, the artisan Then I work on this band. Um, like there's this one from Virginia called the man, the martyr, all, all these like random bands. Uh, sure. and I started actually for the first time in my life, I'm like making money. So production kind of became this weird thing that I was like, I wasn't planning on doing it. It just was like the only way to pay my bills. And then, so this thing's happening while Toad is still touring while all these things are like working together with one another. And then eventually it just becomes production. And, um, so to answer your question, sorry, it took so long oh, no. that whole entire time. It was always like, um, it was imposter syndrome. 
it was like, uh, yeah, I did help write that and I mixed it and I recorded it, but I'm not a producer. I'm just a guy who's desperate. And then like it keeps happening and happening and happening. And, you know, maybe like there might have been like some like like a slight psychedelic experience somewhere in there. But <laughs> there was just somewhere along the lines uh my ex-girlfriend who, you know, uh, couldn't hack it, this, you know, lifestyle. Uh, you know, I, I remember saying to her at one point where I was like, I think I'm happy. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, the, like recording. I like, cause I like got done with a project and this had to be like somewhere in the forties of like ones that I worked on. Cause like literally day in, day out, just oh, record wow. band, band, okay. band, single, full length, EP, EP, band, band. And I was just like, I don't know what it is, but I, I just like, I heard something I worked on and it didn't sound bad to me anymore. And I, I think I can accept, I think I can accept this is what I do rather than always being like, yeah, I'm going to do this until I fucking figure something out. Cause I'm like, at this point I'm almost 30. And, um, and I think that was actually crushing for her because she was like waiting, like, when is he going to stop doing this shit? Cause I, she wanted to get out of Lancaster or something, whatever, whatever that was. I mean, that's a whole other (laughs) tale, but it's, it's tough because nothing ever fit. It wasn't until I built my studio room that I actually sat in it and I felt something finished. You know, like actually, because you could sit in the fucking room. You know what I mean? You can sit in it. You can look around. You go, yep, there's the trim. There are the walls. Ceiling's there. I'm sitting in a room that's done. But with recordings, it was always like I listen to it. I compare it to another recording. There's something there. There's like something that's not vibing right. There's just it feels weird, you know, like it's not. Yeah. Like I listen to my kick drum, I listen to a real recording. I'm like, well, that's a real recording, you know. And that that only went to reinforce the imposter syndrome. And right now, I'm I'm like, you know, I'll listen to Howard Benson records, or I'll listen to um, John Feldman, or anything Andreas did, oh, okay, or sure. you know, like Taylor Larson or Atrium or any of the people I work on. And I can hear their recordings and say, okay, there are things that these people do that 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 are amazing that I I, I but. I'm now in the mindset where it's like nothing's stopping me from getting there one day. Sure. I've gotten past the point of thinking that it's not me. So yeah, they finally are. They do make me happy. Yeah, like I finished a mix yesterday. It's I'm gonna mix it more when I get home. But it's not as conclusive as like being music is not conclusive. Like no. you get done with something and you and you're like I will never fucking touch this mix again. <laughs> this is fine. And 3 days later you're like uh, the high mids on those guitars are kind of fucked up. So uh. Then you like are working on it, and then you're like, ah, just go into the whole session, start changing EQs and stuff, and then, right, right. and that's uh something that Pat from Ice Nine, like, I showed him the mix I was working on, and he like looked me in the eyes. He was like, okay, Ricky, stop playing with this. It's fine now. Gotcha. I was like, is it fine or is it good? He was like, it's whatever you want me to say. Just you're gonna start tweaking it again. I know, I know you, and and it's like, and and you know, he can sort of sense that, but it's a certain mentality when you're working on something creative where it's mm-hmm. just not done, right? You know, I, yeah. I might be in a different mood tomorrow. I'm gonna listen to it. So my rule is, if I can listen to something in like like a hawk song, yeah. if I if I do a set of vocals and I like actually yesterday I did some vocals, I'm actually really happy with this one song. Oh, no screaming yet. It's all singing. Okay, sure. It's poppy. Yeah. Whatever. whatever i don't care i'll do i'll do whatever i feel, fucking feel like doing That's right sure, it's just what i did yesterday what i chose to do yesterday and i so i woke up today and i listened and i didn't feel embarrassed there you go it's like but tomorrow i'll listen again <laughs> usually it's like day three or four where i start going 
oh, I don't want to show anybody this. That's when I know that there's time to change, but there'll be like a couple lines that I want to keep. Yeah. Well, a couple lines that are like, yes, that still makes me feel cool. But so the creative stuff, you just have to be willing to accept the fact that moods change, perceptions change. My perception of 500 hertz might be off because maybe the room I was in was like, fucking up my ears a little bit and i want so much mid-range like low mid or something and then i listen the next day i'm like this sounds like distorted shit but the day before i was like man this sounds great you know you have to accept the fact that's like you're going to need to have a couple references um but yeah finishing stuff is it's addicting it's um if i i try to describe it to some of my close friends now and i'm usually like i'm always working on a puzzle and i don't I, I never like the puzzle doesn't have any rules it's like there's just this thing on my computer yeah. and it's like you have 10,000 different options uh any of them might get you farther away from home there is no rule on where home is good luck right if it, there's not even an end to it no, outside no. and so it's it i think something about it plays with a certain part of my brain where i love it I, I love playing with the puzzle yeah. and and it's and just even like helping people write songs is kind of the puzzle because you're taking a bunch of people and you're saying you're basically kind of like a show you're like making a show you know i'll get a group of guys and i'll listen to the song i'll be like those guys shouldn't that guy shouldn't be singing that line that's not good dialogue for him you know what i mean that that's okay. not that doesn't work for their show yeah you know what i mean like so there's that part of the puzzle then there's a musical angle of it being like well i really like uh what this lead guitarist is doing but like it doesn't really work with like any of these layers that they're using so um how much can i game this guy to accept my mentality on the music and how much of this can i change how emotional are they going to get how much back like how much like pushback am I going to have to deal with? So there's like a social part of the puzzle. There's like a creative part of the puzzle in the melodic stuff. And then the harmonic stuff where you're figuring out like chord structures, you're figuring out shit like that. There's a puzzle aspect of the rhythmic angle. You know, Mm -hmm. you listen through a song and sometimes something just sounds like a manual car. That's being driven by somebody who doesn't know how to drive a manual car. And you're solving that part of the puzzle. It's like it, 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 it is a, like a weird little career that just it seems to just entertain like i don't even play video games anymore because i have this thing that i can do that like seems to just supplement all those parts of my brain that wow. are always just like you know like the parrot needing to like pick apart the knot or something or like tinker i got what you're yeah. Saying, yeah, yeah so it's like and, and it's cool now so it's tough because i know it's taken me forever to answer these questions but no. with with um tour I have the opportunity to tinker, but I also need to be social. And when I'm home for too long, I get pretty weird and like not social. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Like, um, I can go if if I'm just working on a mix, mm-hmm. I can go like weeks with only seeing my roommates and oh, not okay. going out for a bite to eat, nothing. Oh, wow. And every now and then I'll break. I'll I'll like break yeah, and I'll right. be like, I have to go to the horse inn in hopes that I see Mike or Andrew gotcha. or Danden or right. Danden's wife. And if Dan's wife there, I'll, I'll tell her that I need to see Dan and, and she'll text Dan and be like, Ricky's here. And then Dan will be like, oh, God, I'm like, stop by. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know, because um, it, it was weird. Like, you know, I spent years in a relationship uh, with somebody whose batteries got depleted by social situations oh. and mine get recharged. Gotcha. So it's like every now. So tour is like it's like overload for me so there are times where i'm just like even me it's like my batteries are full yep. i'm now i'm gonna get manic 
I'm gonna go watch a. I'm gonna watch like videos on how to properly use multiband compression <laughs> or something. You know, some nerd shit. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then I'm gonna work on a mix. Right. So it's like juggling the health game, juggling because I'm 33 now. I have to take care of myself. It, well, as I'm gonna be that guy, uh, then it's juggling like the social game, like you know, my parents fucking call me during a podcast, and it's just like, <laughs> hold on, I'm busy, you know, or like. Then juggling this mixing game, then the recording and everything. It, 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 I think, I think it's the dance between all those things that makes me happy. Because wow. if I do it well, I am like, you know, it's like there's always that thing, like that episode of Rick and Morty. Where yeah. It's like Morty, if I find it, I'll be awesome. Oh right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like I, I just wanna, I wanna be able to do all these things, and I want because it's like, well, if I do Hawk right, um, not only does the band I sing for get to do something. But some of my best friends in the whole world get to do something. Right. If any of these bands I'm working for, these people who took a chance on me, who are patient, they'll get to do something. True. I try to base everything on on other people's careers rather than mine. Wow. So I'm, I, Ice Nine Kills, like Ice Nine Kills' success is only as cool for me as far as the fact that Chevy, Jordan, Alex, Dawn, all the, uh, you know, even like the members, everybody now has a paying job. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. That's the cool part. Yes, going on stage and playing a sold-out show is fucking cool. Right. But it's, you know, like that part of you that's 13 that, like, is like, watch this shit, bitch. <laughs> you know, and I, like, follow that. I used to fruit boot, you know, rollerblade. Yeah. You know, like, I'd, like, try to grind handrails and stuff. That part of me still exists, mm -hmm. but only in so far as, like, watch, I will wreck my brain. I will wreck, I will wreck my body, it, it, you know, trying to do to all do, of, right. watch this shit pitch you know <laughs> but in the end it if it was only me benefiting yeah i would not be happy at all so it's like it's a dance it's like being able to complete things and be like okay somebody hopefully will be able to make this happen right and you know it would be like if i wasn't touring i would probably put a lot more focus on the records i probably do more of them i probably get more involved with the bands be like hey maybe don't look the way that you do it's alienating oh. for people who come to see you it doesn't fit the show. You know what I mean? But I can't get that. Right. It's like now it's like I give them the record and I'm just like, hope you guys don't fuck this up too bad. Right. Then That's I look at then I look at their promo and I'm like, oh, God. Oh, exactly. Where is your manager? I'll find you one. <laughs> so I'm jumping around from thing to thing. But it's 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 tough to describe this because when somebody actually asks, like, yeah. what makes you happy? It's like fuck i don't know you know it's right. it's it's tough like i think i do a lot of shit to keep myself from thinking about that you know i see okay and that is i think that's something a lot of people go through as well but you to a major major extreme but the last time we talked and i think you might have even said it when we first started the question but i thought you were originally going to limit some of your projects so that you could get yeah i always say that yeah okay yeah uh, but then somebody's i wasn't a crazy person but then you work on the you work out the like but then I decided to build the drum room. And that was like a, <laughs> probably like twelve or $13,000 of shit. Damn. Yeah. And and even with me building all of it myself, it was yeah. still like, I was a lot of trips to Home Depot, a bunch of fucking API preamps and Megami cables and, 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 you know, outboard gear. And, you know, I had to buy, get more IO for my computer and microphone. Oh my God. Microphones are expensive. Tell like, me about it. Oh my. Yeah. I have so many. Yeah. 
That's a badass. That's my favorite. Is that's my these 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 like podcast mics are pretty expensive too. Yeah, like, but um, the writing was on the uh, at a certain point. I was just going to be like, okay, I'm going to just rent out the studio for like the drum room and everything. And then the studio, they just gave me a heads up. The room I was renting went from two fifty a day to a thousand a day. Whoa. And my only other options were way farther out of the area. It's so intrusive to plan things out that I had a moment that I remember um I was like talking to somebody and it was like I got off the phone with the studio because they explained they're like, Hey, you know, we're going back to our rate for these reasons. And I had four full lengths coming up. Wow. And inside the contract that I had my lawyer did you just knock for your oh hey what's up are you looking for travis so um this i had my poor life baby yeah i had my lawyer dropped up all these contracts and yeah. this was still when it was like yeah i'll just rent a drum room and then that kind of tossed the rug out from under me but i realized i like sat and thought about it. it's like god i am always always at the the mercy of these like of these other studios and and it's so hard to plan out because it'll be like hey um i might need to do drums for this record in march what's your availability right and then i yeah. need a down payment drums might not even be ready by then it's too hard to tell ice nine kills might get a tour I, i'll probably you know like there's and and so i was just like you know what i have to be in full control of this and not only that but my guitar player for hawk jack he was getting way more involved in recording guitar for me yeah, yeah. and adam is getting way more involved in doing all the drums for me and it was kind of one of those things where i was thinking about their careers too and it was sort of like i need to make all of this in-house so it was almost like i almost made like this like 180 just on a moment's notice because it was like all right i have four full lengths coming up here's the here's the amount i'm netting um i need to I need to just like build this space. Right, right. And, and so that, you know, sometimes make these decisions that sort of change the tra trajectory of where you're going. But in my head, it was like, I was like, you know what? I've climbed out of that much debt before and it fucking sucked. It really, but yeah. I did it. So it was like, time to do it again. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, my credit's like 745. I got this. Yeah. Hey, and then, know. yeah. Like goes down to like seven oh two, you know. Okay. Whatever, fuck it. You build it up. It later. goes right back up. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so I got the. You know, I called up all my credit card companies. Um, well, it's not only that, but then we needed all the Hawk Live gear too. That was yeah. ugh, that was fun. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I um, you know, it's like it's no mystery that being a touring musician is not a uh, high. It's a comfort. It's like a a gig. Like I make enough that I'm if I only like like for the months i'm on tour i'm very happy oh okay. you know what i mean okay. but That's it's good. like you're not on like retainer or anything no, like that no. so you go home so i do have work at home and you know as long as i'm juggling things i'll be fine but it's still like you know i talk to friends who just have normal jobs you know and once we start talking numbers they'll be like oh fuck good thing i didn't do music oh, you know what i mean no. like you know and, and which is totally fine but it's when you make a big financial decision where you're like i'm going to I'm going to completely expand my business. I'm going to do it all right now. It, it, there's going to be a couple of years that suck. Yeah. And as long as you're willing to accept that and you're, and you make sure the people in your life know, and uh, you know, so it's like, you know, I got to tell like my, the people I hang out with be like, Hey, it's going to be kind of weird for a little bit. And sure. But I had so many friends helping me like paint and stuff, you know, oh, like cool. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Like, you know, cause a big part of this was like, 
in order for this to be official, I have to make it look good. So, you know, I, I'm just basically trying to give the mindset of just being like, it's like I'm touring, but, you know, you're, there's so much doubt because you're like, well, I, Ice Nine is going to get more tours and Hawk's going to get more yeah. tours. Hopefully I can do both of those, but I also have this thing at home that, I, oh God. And you're just like, I've figured it out. I figured it out in worse circumstances. I'll go. figure it out again. And, and yeah, like by the time I'm done with the next tour, I should be, you know, I should be mostly out of the hole. And, uh, and I think I'm just going to jump into another one. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think I'm going to do this till I die. Till I'm a fucking ghost. <laughs> Mark those words down yeah. right there. That's all I'm a fucking that. ghost. I'm just going to, I'm going to suck this thing. <laughs> but, whoops <laughs> no i i but it, it, it's it, it, it yeah you kind of opened a can of worms because it's yeah, like it is, it's such a complicated number of things to juggle and you know and and i i, I think there are some people that would have been like dude what why why don't you just program the fucking drums for the for you know this band be like well because i signed a contract tell them they were going to go to a drum room yeah and I didn't want to go to anybody else's anymore because I'm sick of working with other people. So I yep. made a decision and I filled up a credit card or two or three or however many there were. And, <laughs> you know, here we are. Yeah. yeah. And you have such a, I mean, it's an insane, crazy schedule. Besides this tour, you've got Australia next week. Oh, I'm not excited about that at See, all. And which is so fun. Dude, there are people who be like, you're so pretty. Uh, you get to do what you love. You gotta do what you love every day. I gotta, I, you know, I have to do it. Like, yeah, man, those fucking comedy. Because it's like, yes, I, I do, but I don't know if you think I'm like putting a pair of sunglasses on and getting to ride around in a beamer or some yeah. shit like while I'm out. Like, no, it's, no, you know, it's it's work. It's you know, here, it's, but even more work because it's so far away, and the customs are different. There's so many different things you have to adjust to, yeah. and then you have that crazy tour, which I couldn't even believe got announced. Hollywood Undead, Papa Roach, and Ice Nine Kills. I in haven't Europe. even remotely accepted that tour in my heart yet. So I don't know what day it starts. I don't know what day it ends. I don't know what any of the cities are. I'll reassess how I feel in January. There you go. I am going to enjoy the rest of my fucking December. As you Fighting should. to get Monument of a Memories full length done. Ah. Wither Away is full length oh, done. I love them. I have to get those two done. Yeah. And Gladiator's EP. And I need a new Hawk song. Those are the yes. only four things I give a fuck about. I didn't want to command and, you on that, but you do need a new Hawk song. Oh, my God. I know. I, I th The next one's going to be catchy. Is it? I know, well, all, both I of them know. have been catchy. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, actually, like, 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 uh, I, uh, lately Jack's been, but Jack has uh, officially taken over, like, the whole guitar writing side of things. Okay. Uh -huh. And it's actually great. Really good stuff? Oh, my gosh. It's nice. different, but it's great. It's, like, textured. A lot of it's happy sounding in a okay. really, in its own really unique, weird way. Mm -hmm. um, mileage. So mileage started with Jack made like six different riffs that were kind of tough to figure out how to put them together. So I was like going in and doing a lot of surgery on them mm -hmm. where I was like, well, I like this bar in this riff, but then we got these other six bars I didn't need. So I took this bar, I, I, I switched out here. I replaced some of this riff with this. And, you know, he'd often be like, why'd you change that? I'd be like, oh, I don't know. It just didn't, you know, we'd like go back and forth. Right. Um, same with uh, counter ops was a lot of like, he had like all these crazy tech riffs and I just chopped them up until it was like, <laughs> I wanted something stupid and heavy. You know what I mean? I was like, let's make something like heavy, heavy. And then Adam made those beats. And yeah. And now it's just kind of like he sends me something and I'm just like, 
all right, I'll demo some vocals on it. Yeah. You know, I might, you know, there's like one of them he sent, he said to me and I was like, and it's so great now because our, our musical language is, um, we've been doing so much for me and him to become, uh, able to communicate our, our, um, musical ideas vision, to one another. Goal. So it was like, Hey, there's this intro segment. It's all, uh, these types of tones. Um, and then the chorus happens twice and, and, and it's these types of tones. Can you take the chorus chords and give me something, give me something to transition from this part to this part, but can you do it with the same, like with the same general idea of this intro? And he'll text me back two hours later and be like, check the Dropbox. Yeah. And, and it'll just be like, it'll be better than what I, anything I could have done. And, and it's so, it, it's, it really is worth, you know, like, making sure that when you you work with other people getting to a point where one another understand if if somebody like in ice nine is just like can you can you take the high third harmony in that part tonight i know what the fuck they're talking right. about right that it'd be be like this lyric yeah got it and then you know it, it, like being able to like do those things on the fly is really important so me and jack like we we send each other a lot of youtube videos and and you know we find ourselves like we um we communicate a lot through midi uh which is a computer language yeah. of like notes and stuff but you know sometimes he'll write something that'll just be midi and it'll be like i'll toss some vocals on that and then he'll build the guitars out based on what the vocals are you, you know like we yeah. we have a lot of a really cool way of going back and forth so hawk is like um it's one of those things where it's just like it needs to be there for me because mm -hmm. I need that outlet. Well, right, you know I, mean? I would assume so. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it always is reflect. It always reflects like what all of us are into at the time. Mm -hmm. So like, I go through phases where it's like lately I'm into like I love that new Post Malone CD and like I've been like to like this that like type of pop like alternative pop like halsey and um, oh i know what you're um, talking about yeah, yeah banks and and then on the other hand like still like you know the type of heavy stuff like every time i die and shit like oh, that yeah. and then he's always like oh yeah i've been listening to a lot of devin townsend and you're like <laughs> all right nerd but you know but it, it's just sort of like what what we're so like you know so set on doing is just having something where it's like nobody can expect anything out of us if we wanted to make a nine inch nail sounding song we will do it. It'll belong in the catalog. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to be like, well, I like the old blah, blah, blah. Like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. This isn't for you. Stop listening to it. It's Hawk. Yeah. It's its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't have to worry about it. Well, it's just interesting. You have, if you piecemeal out your life, you've got the touring stuff with Ice Nine Kills where not only do you get the touring out of your system, but you've also got, you, you're helping everyone out. By you know, well, I'm helping myself out quite a bit. Well, too. of course, yeah. of course. Oh no, That's I'm not I'm saying this is selfless action. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, but just part of your life. So you've got that covered. You've got helping people out as well as helping yourself a little bit too with the production and everything yeah. with helping bands. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got your writing outlet with Hawk as well. So you've got so much covered. Now let me. I do have to say this before um, we go off on another tangent. I thought that the Hawk album was done. It is, but, uh, it, okay, so there's a full length. That, uh, all I'm going to say is, oh, wait, actually, let's yeah. not talk about that. No, that's fine. If, if for anyone who's listening right now, if you heard it just automatically cut over to this, that was because I took something out. There you yeah. go. See? Yeah, there, there we that's go. How, that's how podcasts are. I'll let the lawyer figure that one out. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to tell you. Shout I think out to Rick Emery. Shout out to Alex. Okay. I have two lawyers now. <laughs> you have two. Wow. That's fucking tight. That's impressive, man. Yeah. 
You're like a I need, sellout. but neither of them are shady. Oh, okay. I need, I need uh, like a, need a I need a fucking shady. Yeah, lawyer. you need the one that walks in with the slick hair, the glasses, you know, that's shady. Well, yeah, just, just be like, hey, if I wanted to accomplish this goal, you know, yeah. like what would be the fucking straightest line from A to B? There you go. You know, yeah, that's how it's got to be. <laughs> that's how it's got to be. Well, look, we're I I know you've got a lot of stuff going on. We're at the 35 minute mark. Or Ooh, so. is that where where you want? No, no. Look, I would continue talking. The only question is, do we want to save some for another time or not? Because this well, is all on your schedule. We're just backstage right you know, now. I, I actually, I'm getting texts right now. I do. That's have, what I figured. I do have family here. Yeah. See, yeah, I so want to make sure. Oh, did the, they actually make it? Is it other family? Not my, it? not my, my parents, unfortunately. But yeah, family but just, that's not just, blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got just, you. Just the, the people I spend a lot of time with when I'm home. There you go. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> I got to thank you so much for this. This has been a lot of fun. I mean, it was fun. When we weren't seeing each other when we were talking, yeah, but that was being a great here podcast. in person. Yeah, I, look, you wouldn't believe how many people came out of the woodwork and like, Ricky's a crazy person, but I also wish I knew him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I got that's one of the best positive feedbacks I've ever gotten for shows. Really? Yeah, because people, I think, besides, I think everyone's told the truth on my show, but you had a unique way of putting out what the music industry is like and what you feel about it that a lot of people don't go. I think I'm very, I'm very blameless about things. Like I, 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 I feel like most musicians look at the music industry as this like oppressive force that sure. they're fighting. Um, and it's like, I don't love the way everything goes, but I just kind of look at it. I'm a lot more like, um, uh, one of the things in, in my life that I've, I've dealt with along the way, I think we talked a lot about like mental health too. We did some, yeah, for um, sure, because we were talking about like, mileage and everything. Yeah. yeah, 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 which like that's the fun topic for everybody. Be like, hey, mental, <laughs> mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health. Well, I just wanted to mental health, mental health, and be like, Is oh yeah, well, mental health, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but yeah. that well, that's that's like uh, one of the hot topics right now. Sure. And I always like whenever something's a hot topic, and you're, you're somebody who uh, has a um, like an authority issue. Mm-hmm. I my whole life I've had an authority issue. I I, an author- I'm with you. Yeah, I've had an authority issue that goes runs so deep that I finally I finally like worked my way to the only authority that I am rebelling against is myself. You know what I mean? Like I finally worked my way there, where it's just like I'm not even worried about you, fucking you know, fucking current government administration. <laughs> I'm worried about the, I've worked my way to the yeah. bottom. You know what I mean? I well, know you, sco- all, you skewered I, them pretty yeah, well with counter-ops. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that was funny. There was a couple <laughs> negative comments be like, this band has accepted the liberal talking points. I'd be like, fuck you. Shut up. Don't listen to us anymore. I don't care. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't know how idiots. you don't even yeah. know how much this band costs me, so don't think that your support is helpful. <laughs> God, it's so bad. I hope nobody thinks I'm a jerk. Oh, no, so I just well, like, except, so it's like the authority thing. It's like yeah. you don't ever want to be like when somebody's like, I've been told by people in the past, be like, I might never listen to you again. You're like, that's fine. That's I don't fine. care. Yeah. I, Too fucking. Bad. I do this for nobody. Right. I can't even make myself happy. But. <laughs> No, uh, but the thing is, so when it like, like the, so we're talking about mental health, but I've um I've you know not to get too far into it, I have my own issues, but I've dealt with issues with people very close to me in a number in a number of circumstances sure. that um you know varying from scary to sad to just fucking frustrating. Right. You know what I mean? Just oh, like yeah. unbelievably frustrating, and 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 um you know I I I, I uh it's funny like. 
yesterday I was kind of having a moment where um, I went to a uh, I went to a bar for something that 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 uh, one of Pat's closest friends in Buffalo there there was a benefit for it's uh, you know all fund falls under the umbrella somebody's got cancer and it's awful oh, but we raised a lot of money oh good okay uh, so so I, I got to be at this bar thing I didn't help set it up or anything but you know Pat brought a couple of us we all got to chip yeah. in and um and uh, you know it was like I was having a moment where I finally just like I found like peace in my head for a moment. And I'm just in a crowded bar and I'm listening to the way the walls sound and the ceiling sounds. I'm hearing all the voices, but I'm also like hearing them in the context of this room. I'm like, this room's got a really cool reverb. And finally, like one of Pat's friends comes up and puts his arm around me. He's like, hey, man, you can lighten up. You're around family here. He doesn't realize like that. I'm like actually yeah, like enjoying myself. I'm right, like, no, right. I'm just thinking. But, you know, so like I always I, I used to spend a lot of time thinking about this issue where it was like, what is the common thread between all of my friends and like family who have these like issues where it's like they're basically their mind and their is is not they're they're they are incapable of making themselves happy with their own minds in fact their mind is fighting against their happiness right. or their their even like autonomy in in the world and i, I and i like kind of found like what i, I, I believe um is the the common thread that I find in like the the people in my life who I think struggle the most with things is whether or not you're willing to accept that you've done things wrong, just in general. Sure. And hey, oh, sorry. Uh, and that was the uh, th that's like the one thing for me that I think a lot of musicians fight with is this idea, and it's such bullshit. Is like so many musicians and and people in general are like they're mad at a system. They're mad at the way things work. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're mad at girl, like, they're mad at hot girls because, oh, you get to just go on Instagram and get, and, 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 and get famous just for being hot while ignoring all, like, the annoying things that, like, you know, an attractive woman has to deal with in life. And, exactly. Like, and, yeah. and, and they're mad at all these things. They're like, they're mad at, they're mad at, uh, they're mad at Ice Nine Kills because, yeah, they, all they are is a gimmick. Even though you're like, oh, yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, that's oh, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's funny. That's all we ever had to do. It's, yeah. it's easy. Yeah, it was easy. Yeah. No, it's, they decided not to do that for years and years and years. Or like, and they're then, bam. Yeah. Got or it. they're mad at, um, you know, they're mad at the music industry for not liking the right things. And just keep fucking pulling apart that train of thought and, and like unboxing it until you get down to it. And it's, um, and, and it's, I'm better than these things, so why didn't I win? It's like, you know what? If everybody's so fucking stupid to you, why aren't you taking their money? Why are other people Why are other people getting yeah. it? And at the end of the day, I don't get mad at anything. It's having to do with like work or music or the way people do their business. Yes, on, on some level, some things can be frustrating and be like, I wouldn't do that. But sure. you know what? If I wanted to be a motherfucker in charge paying out people and – you know, calling the shots, yep. I would need to be that person. So on the side, I am trying to become that person because it is important to me. But, uh, you know, it's the more you can just accept that you did something like, let's say you got the, sh you got your, you went through an abusive relationship for a mm -hmm. long time. It's probably not your fault. And I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people in your life would jump at a chance to tell you that. And it's, but at the same time, you can probably find some areas where it was like, Hey, you had a couple outs here, or That's there were the red flags that yeah. you just tossed to the side. Be like, you know, he was kind of mad. He was kind of like really mean to all my friends. It was like, 
hopefully next hopefully you'll accept enough of that so the next time the moment you see that happening yes. in a new relationship you say uh-uh no i know how that goes because i've accepted that i could have changed but it's like um i have a lot of friends who are they're like they're always so helpless to things yeah happening it's a in victim their lives. mentality kind of yeah, yeah like I get what you're saying. which i don't want to sound like my conservative dad no something you can't change yeah but if you see warning signs and you learn from that in the future if you didn't learn from it and you're just like, oh, well, this is never going to happen to me yeah. again, that's when you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, it's like for me, it's like everywhere in, in my job, as soon as I realized that everything's my fault, that was the most liberating thing because Toda got fucking de- decimated by a bunch of things that we decided to do. We decided to change our name and sign a record deal that did not pan out. Right. It was with people that we were frankly warned about. But in my head, I was sunk cost fallacying, being like, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah, come on, it can't yeah. yeah. Um, Along the way, we bring in members who are not cutting in and be like, they'll figure it out. Uh, I could I could list off 20 mistakes right. along the way that were massive mistakes. Um, you know, never going radio silent, waiting for the right moment to come out. Our manager is insisting that that, like, that time's going to come. And then we finally start getting tour offers, and it's like... We want you to open one out of five for I the Breather. And you're like, that's the big release moment wow. that you want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and then that's, you know, s- stuff like that where like where you're like, oh, you know, for, for, you know, in some ways, I think there was a little bit of time where, you know, like, um, y- you know, while we were making. Oh, hey, uh, is there anything in here you need? Oh. <laughs> you know, while we're working on that stuff, yeah. there was a moment where we had to sit down and be like. Yo, we are going to list out all of the shit we did wrong and never do it again. Yeah, or like at yeah. least talk about it. Right, right. And that is th- what doing that was the most healing moment of my life. I see. You know what I mean? Where I was able to walk away from madness. Yeah. Because madness is the feeling that it's just going to keep happening. Exactly. And being right. like, it doesn't fucking matter anyway. The world's just going to keep fucking me and I'm going to let it do it and <laughs> I'm going to be miserable and I'm never going to be. I've been in that place. Yeah, for sure. I, I think had a like, lot of us have. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I was in Bethesda, Maryland working on that record. Uh, like, and uh, I had the worst panic attack in my life. Like, dude, I used to. I have like different thoughts on suicide and stuff now because I literally, I, I mean, like I ate a small edible, but like something triggered and uh, man, I was a danger to myself for, for like long enough that somebody had to hit me in the face. Wow. And that, that actually somehow helped. But, you know, it was like, you know, they apologized and were like, sorry, I got to do this, man. But, um, the, the fact of the matter was, it was like, you know, you get in this train of thought, you're like, wow, uh, things are never going to get better. Nothing will get better. That this uh, everything's going to keep getting worse and and you know figuring out my way out of that it was like when i finally came back to touring though my only worry was like all right well how am i going to do this but make sure that i i, I always am in, in full control even when something goes totally wrong yeah bus breaks down it fucking sucks but yeah. we chose he we chose this bus right, right. <laughs> you, yeah, know no, it's true. you know it's, it's like do we maybe we could add a mechanic look at it more maybe this is literally just something that it's something random, that happens. Yeah, random yeah, totally, yeah totally sure. random. Right. You know, but there's probably 10 other wins somewhere else, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that, um, I think as I'm like moving into more like these circles where, you know, the tours are getting bigger, you're usually around other people who have positive outlooks too. Hopefully. It's yeah. tough to make it ahead with a negative outlook. For sure. It's usually like, especially not. Yeah. With how it's usually the local, like yeah. I record local bands who couldn't draw a stick figure to an audience mm-hmm. who will sit there like, 
bashing artists. Oh, for who, sure. Who, I've heard it too. Yeah, who yeah. hire full teams of people. And it's like, you know, you ever think about their te- their stage techs? You know, you ever think about those guys? <laughs> no, just sit, sit and think about them. They make a weekly amount. They, You think they have kids? They might. Maybe their kids eat because of that band. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's actually a lot cooler than you. <laughs> it's a lot cooler than you and your guitar solo. <laughs> Look, Ricky, we can continue on, but yeah. Remember when I said it was like thirty-five? It's now like fifty. Yeah, that seems like a good amount. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> I'm gonna so, give you the mic. Oh, there you go. well, no, say goodbye first. Oh, bye. There you go. Yes, <laughs> goodbye first. Much, yes. <laughs> it was good talking to you. Perfect place. 